Future Vision Entertainment, a network of online radio stations, has been in operation since 2005. This COVID-19 crisis has affected our advertising and revenue because many of the organizations that would advertise their event or business are not doing so since there had been a declared shut-in. We are asking listeners to support the station's efforts to stay on the air. Any amount would be grateful as we need the funds for the overhead cost of rent, utilities, and necessary upgrades to keep our staff at home and functioning so that we can still provide the best music and entertainment on all of our eight stations. Future Vision Entertainment is the next evolution of radio. We have several great programs that we would like to keep on the air, such as Ray Neal and the Best Music of Your Life, The Chef Greg Show, Evenings with B.O.T., Smooth Groove Sundays with DJ Harris, The D. Curtis Randall Show, and The Afternoon Ride with Lamont Watts, to name a few. Please make a donation today at www.gofundme.com forward slash help F-D-E.
Harvey Chicago, a Future Vision Entertainment Station. It's now time for the world-famous Royce Glamour Show with Royce Glamour and Donald Blair. No day, I made it another day. Here today, you sure you're here, Roy? Man, I made it. I made it. I woke up this morning and said, "Thank you, Lord Jesus." Thank you. I made it. You made it. I made it. All right, man. Look like you all made it too. And we here. Yeah. I and D. Curtis Run. <laughs> Well, get serious. Here we go. Uh-oh. I'm going to start it off with the numbers. Worldwide, there are 5,139,023 cases of the coronavirus. Mm. Deaths worldwide are 331,703 deaths. Then if you want to come to the United States, you have 1,602,497 cases. And of those cases, you have 95,474 deaths. That's worldwide. And, I mean, the last one I just gave is uh, Illinois, pardon me, the United States. Now I'm going to go to the third one, which will be Illinois. In Illinois, there are 102,686 cases, and of those, you have 4,607 deaths. I said those numbers to let you know that this pandemic is still in full effect. There is no cure for it. There is nothing to do that will help you but stay a social distance away. Now, earlier this week, or what have you, the President of the United States, uh, President Barack Obama, the duly elected President of the United States, he gave the commencement exercise for the HBCUs, the Historically Black Colleges and Universities, of the United States. In there, he congratulated the graduates and he also condemned the reaction and the steps taken by the idiot in the White House at the present time. The Royce Glamour Show also wants to congratulate the HBCU graduates and I want you to listen to the President Barack Obama commencement exercise, and we'll be back. Hi, everybody. Congratulations to HBCU class of 2020. Michelle and I are so proud of you. But these aren't normal times. You're being asked to find your way in a world in the middle of a devastating pandemic and a terrible recession. 
The timing is not ideal. And let's be honest, a disease like this just spotlights the underlying inequalities and extra burdens that black communities have historically had to deal with in this country. We see it in the disproportionate impact of COVID-19 on our communities. Just as we see it when a black man goes for a jog and some folks feel like they can stop and question and shoot him if he doesn't submit to their questioning. Injustice like this isn't new. What is new is that so much of your generation has woken up to the fact that the status quo needs fixing. That the old ways of doing things don't work. And that it doesn't matter how much money you make if everyone around you is hungry and sick. That our society and our democracy only works when we think not just about ourselves, but about each other. More than anything, this pandemic has fully finally torn back the curtain on the idea that so many of the folks in charge know what they're doing. A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. If the world's going to get better, it's going to be up to you. With everything suddenly feeling like it's up for grabs, this is your time to seize the initiative. Nobody can tell you anymore that you should be waiting your turn. Nobody can tell you anymore this is how it's always been done. More than ever, this is your moment, your generation's world to shape. In taking on this responsibility, I hope you are bold. I hope you have a vision that isn't clouded by cynicism or fear. As young African Americans, you've been exposed earlier than some to the world as it is, but as young HBCU grads, your education has also shown you the world as it ought to be. Many of you could have attended any school in this country, but you chose an HBCU specifically because it would help you sow seeds of change. You chose to follow in the fearless footsteps of people who shook the system to its core. Civil rights icons like Thurgood Marshall and Dr. King. Storytellers like Toni Morrison and Spike Lee. You chose to study medicine at Meharry and engineering at NCANT because you want to lead and serve. And I'm here to tell you, you made a great choice. Whether you realize it or not, you've got more roadmaps, more role models, more resources than the civil rights generation did. You've got more tools, technology, and talents than my generation did. No generation has been better positioned to be warriors for justice and remake the world. You're the folks we've been waiting for to come along. That's the power you hold. The power to shine brightly for justice and for equality and for joy. You've earned your degree. It's now up to you to use it. So many of us believe in you. I'm so proud of you. And as you set out to change the world, we'll be the wind at your back. So congratulations, class of 2020. God bless all of you.
Jojo Banks, and you're listening to the Royce Glamour Talent Show with Royce. We're back on the app. We're back in the room. We are back here. All right. And as you heard, uh, President Barack Obama is thoroughly disgusted with the way that things are going with this virus insofar as what Trump is doing about it. And so am I, if that matters. <laughs> you know, you, you got uh, folks that want to open up things and stuff like that and a reminder there is no cure and i don't believe that it's possible to have social distancing correct enough to open these places up everybody wants to open everybody needs to be open and it is just almost a death thing in states that have opened and, and did it a while back. They have a spike in cases, uh, uh, new cases. You know, it's just, if you get together like that, the chances of catching the virus is greater. It's common sense, you know. Well, well tell me this. President Obama had a plan for this. Why did, why did your President Trump that's in office not get rid of that? See, I ought to get up and come over there <laughs> and grab you by the neck. <laughs> Not my president. I never put those two words together, him and president. I don't do that, but I know. I don't know why he did it. I don't know, Royce. He's just crazy, man, and he did that. As soon as he got in there, in 2014, President Obama put in place a pandemic uh, action or, or whatever you want to term it, and this Idiot jumped in there and got rid of him and fired the people. And, and anything Obama would have got praised for, he got rid of it. So yeah. he got rid of a lot of lives too, right? Because of that. And uh, as they've been saying, he he didn't recognize or acknowledge it publicly that there was a pandemic until March, and they knew about it back in November and wow. December. They say that it started in China, went to Europe, and Europe sent people over here. And in between the time that they knew about it and when they came out and announced it as a disaster, you had X millions of people that have traveled from Europe here with the gum virus or a chance of having it. So no telling how many lives could have been saved had he came out and not said that it was a democratic hoax and and, and and all of this stuff that he was talking about and going golfing and carrying on. If he would have been presidential and came out and said in November, December, or January, we, we're shutting down, so you're know, saying, none of this would be going well, I'm on. I'm getting from you, Trump didn't think that this was that serious. He didn't want to acknowledge it because it would do what it did, mm-hmm. shut his economy down to you know the stock markets and whatever mm-hmm. and hurt his chances of re-election then when it could no longer be ignored mm-hmm. when he had to acknowledge it because people all over the world yeah. with this technology in their pockets and whatever are seeing yeah. hundreds of thousands of people dying and it's coming dead. here he had to acknowledge it right you know so well, that's terrible he could have saved a lot of lives oh, yeah. had he came out and not worried about his image, mm-hmm. and went on and said, yeah, this is a pandemic. 
This is a, a heck of a virus. No one has ever seen one before. Uh, it's the novel virus, meaning they've never had one. And now the thing has also mutated. Then also it has gone to children, babies, where it affects their heart more so than it does the lungs like the corona itself is doing. Yeah. This thing caused by the coronavirus affects children, and it goes to their heart. Mm-hmm. And it's killing them, man. And and this, this will never be corrected. No, uh, this will never be corrected. No, we're going to probably always have the coronavirus in our lives from now on. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a long while before it will be really safe to go back. Yeah. Now, you have the end of this month where the governor of Illinois says he's going to allow restaurants and whatever to open up and mm-hmm. they can come out and have uh, outside uh, eating, you know. Um, but the mayor also agrees. But the thing is, that's some downtown stuff, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You tell me where limbs on 75th Street is going to put some tables outside and close 75th. Name me a restaurant in the, on the south side or on the west side other than a McDonald's that has a big parking lot where they can put a chair outside somewhere and serve enough people to make money enough to stay open. That's some downtown crap, and I don't want to put color into it, but it's yeah. for downtown people that they even mm-hmm. suggesting that they open it up and close right. off some streets. Right. Not going to do that on the south side. Downtown uh, areas where people respect each other, and, you know, they can do stuff like that. Uh, that and have the room, the yeah. space. And the space. You don't have that right. space at these, at Lucille's uh, soul food place. Wow. On seventy uh, something, right. she gonna block off some street, man. What? See, it's ridiculous. Yeah. What they need to do, I don't know how they could do it. Really, really how? But it, if you have a Illinois license or a city of Chicago license as a restaurant, mm-hmm. they should send you some money to keep you open some kind of way. Not. Okay. Have you go through some exhausting that gum process where you looking to try and get some money that already pot belly and them have taken right. and stuff? Yeah. If you got an Illinois license for a restaurant, send you some rescue, mm-hmm. along with sending citizens of Illinois and and the United States mm-hmm. that twelve hundred dollars that'll help. Okay. But don't have them jumping through hoops, having to know how many leaves on a tree, how many jelly beans in a jar. Just a simple little something. You're a restaurant. You're closed. Your employees mm-hmm. can't work. You're about to lose a restaurant you've had for 30 years. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose this thing. Here's some money, plain and simple. I don't know how much it will cost. I don't know where you're going to get the money from, but that is a solution. Yeah. Help the restaurants, help the other small businesses, and help the citizens. Yeah. Quit giving Trump millions of dollars to fly back and forth on a dadgum 747 mm-hmm. to where don't nobody want him there any dadgum way when he gets there. 
put that million dollars over here and, and, and help some restaurants and stuff. That's right. And people. Man, there's so many different things that can be done because people need it. I'm, I'm by no means saying stay closed because, you know, whatever you lose in, in the number of restaurants or whatever, so what? No. These people have worked all their lives at these places. They need them. And the citizens need them to be open so they can go and enjoy some parts of life. But right now is not the time because this virus, they killed a hundred and, I mean, it killed a hundred and forty people yesterday by itself. You got in Illinois right now four thousand and six hundred and seven dead people. I mean, you want to color it, you know, uh, uh, deaths, lives lost. You got 4,607 dead people. Families, members, and loved ones are missing them and will never see them again. Dead and gone. How many people have you lost that you know? One one person is a possibility so far Mm -hmm. that I know of. One. Okay. And that was early on. She went to a, a beauty shop or uh, somewhere and had her hair done. Mm-hmm. And in a couple of weeks, she was gone, oh, man. Wow. You know, that yeah. that's the one that I can say that I knew. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at the numbers here. Yeah. Do you have somebody uh, that you know? Th- I think two. Yeah. I think two. Yeah, not for sure. Uh-huh. Because they're out of town. Yeah. I haven't heard from them, and I heard that they, you know, got that virus. Yeah, and then not only is corona killing people, but idiot wants you to risk your life. He asked the question, what you got to lose? What you got to lose? Drink or take a tab, whatever the thing consists of, this, um, uh, boy, what, I'm trying to think of the name of the dad gum mess now. Uh, Hydro rocks, whatever that long oh, li- yeah. name is that this idiot is taking. And all of the medical people or those with sense are saying, this can kill you. Yeah. Don't take it. It'll kill you. Well, is he really taking it? I don't know. But he's telling you, yeah. I'm taking it. Yeah. And then you go out and try it, those that believe in him. If you're crazy enough to listen to anything that he has to say after he told you to drink a glass of bleach, then you kind of messed up. But those people that did listen and that are still following him, they'll go out and take these pills so that they can open back up America. But the thing is, you're going to close America back up when this virus spreads, if it does. Wait and see, can you contain it before you open up so that you don't have the thing of opening up and having a spike, maybe. Just sit back. Try and help those who really need the help. Not Potbelly again. I'm talking about Lucy's and John and them's uh, soul food or, or chicken shack or hair salon or whatever. Give them some money so that they can stay in business. Then the, the economy will come back when we can open the place well, back up. Well, there is supposed to be a stimulus part two, right? If the Senate passes it, which they're not because they ignorant as Trump is. Okay. You know, the House has passed it. Yeah. You know, but it, it, it had a lot of stuff in it. 
Now they might whittle it down to something and 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 do it. They're gonna have to do something yeah. because people are out of jobs and stuff and don't have no means of income. Than it was the first time, right? I don't know. I don't know. Right. I believe it was the same twelve hundred. Okay. But it had some other stuff in it that was all that the Senate just can't understand. Mm-hmm. This is money. Yeah. Three trillion dollars. And then one of them said, we don't make that in a year. One year? You make trillions in a year and you worried about giving away some? So you'll be in debt for about four or five years. What do you think these people that are losing their businesses, losing their homes and mortgages, uh, all of this other stuff that they're losing because of what's going on. And you worried about a trillion that you're going to print up any that gum way? Man. Kind of cold. W- yeah. Here's another clip that I want you all to listen to, and we'll be back. Um, that, that was stunning. The President of the United States, uh, just to acknowledge that he is taking hydroxychloroquine, uh, a drug meant really to, to treat malaria and lupus. The President has insisted... That has enormous benefits for uh, patients either trying to prevent or already have a COVID-19. The fact of the matter is, though, uh, when the president said, what have you got to lose? In a number of studies, those uh, certainly vulnerable to the population have one thing to lose, their lives. A VA study showed that among a population of uh, veterans in, in a hospital receiving this treatment, those with vulnerable conditions, respiratory conditions, heart ailments, they died. There are also a number of other studies out, including the Journal of the American Medical Association, which examined some 1,438 individuals in the New York area across 25 hospitals from the middle of March to the end of March. The study was a real chance to look at the, the, the benefits that the president insisted were hydroxychloroquine. They concluded that among residents, uh, residents hospitalized in metropolitan New York with COVID-19, the treatment or both compared with neither treatment, no statistical differences. A second study done by Justin Jalaris and colleagues at the New York Presbyterian Hospital, Columbia University Irving Medical Center in northern Manhattan from March 7th to April 8th also showed there were no visible differences, that the risk of intubation or death was not significantly higher or lower among patients who received hydroxychloroquine versus those who did not. The VA study to which the president alluded wasn't a loaded political one. It was a test on patients there and those who took it in a vulnerable population, including those with respiratory or other conditions, they died. I want to stress again, they died. If you are in a risky population here and you are taking this as a preventative uh, treatment to ward off the virus, or in a worst case scenario, you are dealing with the virus, and you are in this vulnerable population, it will kill you. I cannot stress enough. This will kill you. Just a normal day in the Trump era where a host on the network known for kowtowing to his every whim has to break into a live press conference to warn viewers that they will literally die if they follow the president's suggestions. Neil Cavuto was forced to issue this frantic warning after Trump casually admitted that he's been taking hydroxychloroquine as a preventative measure against coronavirus. I think for whatever it's worth, I take it. I was, uh, I, I would have told you that three, four days ago, but we never had a chance because you never asked me the question. The White House, did the White House doctor recommend that you take that? Is that why you're taking it? Yeah, White House doctor. 
I didn't recommend. No, I asked him, what do you think? He said, well, if you'd like it. I said, yeah, I'd like it. I'd like to take it. A lot of people are taking it. A lot of frontline workers are taking hydroxychloroquine. I was just waiting to see your eyes light up when I said this, but, you know, when I announced this. But, yeah, I've taken it for about a week and a half now, and uh, I'm still here. I'm still here. Can you explain, sir, though, you, what is the evidence that it has a preventative effect? Here we go. You ready? Here's my evidence. I get a lot of positive calls about it, and I say, hey, you know the expression I've used, John? What do you have to lose? Okay, what do you have to lose? So I happen to take it for about a week and for about a week and a half. Every day? At some point, every day. I take a pill every day. Uh, at some point, I'll stop. What I'd like to do is I'd like to have the cure and or the vaccine, and that'll happen, I think, very soon. Now, I should just note that the irony of Neil Cavuto having to do this lies in the fact that it's his own colleagues at Fox News who are responsible for lending credence to Trump's reckless ramblings. When hosts like Laura Ingram and Hannity and others heard Trump promote an untested and potentially dangerous drug as a miracle cure for coronavirus, not only did they not exercise caution, they promoted it themselves, sometimes even more breathlessly than Trump. Why? Because they exist for no reason other than to parrot what he says. There's no critical thinking or fact-checking or reporting, there's just amplifying every inane, fleeting thought that falls out of the president's mouth. Trump could suggest setting yourself on fire and you'd see Hannity-branded matches up for sale by the end of the day. Now look, is Trump really taking hydroxychloroquine? Who knows? The idea that a White House doctor would casually defer to the 73-year-old obese man surviving on a diet of KFC and Diet Coke, who was recently rushed to the hospital for an unannounced visit that he pretended was a partial annual physical is not the most likely story in the world. In other words, that would mean he's lying and thus keeping himself safe while putting unsuspecting Americans who actually heed his advice at risk. Why? Because he already brought hydroxychloroquine up once in his desperation to find a miracle cure, and because he's physically incapable of admitting that he was wrong, he'll go to the ends of the earth to manifest this alternate reality where he's right, even if that means putting millions of his own supporters' lives at risk in the process. On the flip side, he could be telling the truth. He may indeed be taking a drug known to cause heart failure because it doesn't seem like risk aversion is exactly one of Donald Trump's core principles. And that's especially striking considering the risks involved with taking a drug like this. Clinical trials, academic research, and scientific analysis have shown that the danger of hydroxychloroquine is a significantly increased risk of death for certain patients. And for everyone else, the evidence showing any effectiveness in treating the virus has been limited at best. So when Donald Trump casually asks, what do you have to lose? The answer is literally your life. And beyond that, there is zero evidence that it's a prophylactic, meaning a method of preventing a disease. The trials being run involving hydroxychloroquine along with azithromycin are as a treatment for those who've already contracted coronavirus. So let's just be honest here. If Donald Trump is telling the truth that he's tested negative for the virus and a doctor is allowing him to take a medication that has shown no evidence of preventative success and only limited treatment success, then he should probably lose his medical license. But the real danger here isn't to Donald Trump. God knows he has access to good enough doctors that if he wants to throw his health in the toilet, that's on him. The real danger is to the millions of Americans who don't have access to good health care and who believe the things he says. Because there's no one to tell those people, hey, maybe don't ingest the untested anti-malaria drug that has led to hallucinations and heart failure. Because while Trump's party has been working relentlessly to tear health care away from millions of Americans, it seems that he's doing his best to unilaterally step in and do the rest of the damage himself. 
The fact is that he doesn't care how many people he hurts. If he actually cared, he'd have stopped recklessly playing doctor after an Arizona man died from ingesting the similarly named chloroquine phosphate. He'd have stopped recklessly playing doctor after his musings of injecting disinfectant led to a nationwide surge in calls to poison control centers. And so if he hasn't gotten the message after that, after his words have literally cost Americans their lives for no reason at all, then he'll never get it. Because apparently, that's just the price we have to pay for a president who's led by his own ego. So all I can tell you is this. If you value your life, don't listen to Donald Trump. Because whether you live or die is of little consequence to the guy who will stop at nothing to placate his own ego. He is here in service of nothing and no one other than himself. History, don't know much biology, don't know much about a science book, don't know much about the French I took, but I do know that I love you, and I know that if you love me too, what a wonderful world this would be.
Jeff Johnson, and this portion of the Royce Glenn Show with Royce and Donald is brought to you by... Hi, this is Royce Glamour. I just want to say starting off with, <clears throat> get well, Tony Blair. All right. I hope you have a fast recovery. Hey, this is Royce Glamour letting you know to watch the Royce Glamour <clears throat> talent TV show on cable channel 19, May 23rd, this Saturday. Three shows in a row, 12, noon, 1, and 2. Three great shows, singers, poets, dance group, rappers, models. Hey, and if you have talent, give us a call at 773-734-2739. Number one cleaners in the city of Chicago. That's Blair's Cleaners and Laundry Madden. located at 7320 and 7322 South on Vincennes. If you want your clothes clean right, take them to Blair's. If you want to have a lunch that's right, you better call that same number I just called, Harold's Chicken. And I hope they on their way because I'm hungry than the mother, mother, mother. Hi, my name is Opal Staples. And I'm Angel Gray. And we love Harold's Chicken on 87th Street. That's 87th and Dan Ryan, to be more exact. In normal times, if you're on the Dan Ryan Expressway and you exit 87th Street, if you turn left or you turn right, they got you in one bite. But now, during this virus, they want you to get off at 87th Street and turn to the west and go to 100 West 87th Street to Harold's Chicken. But before you go, give them a call at 773-224-3314 because you can't go in the store and order. You got to uh, go in and pick your stuff up and leave. You can't go in and sit down. That's Harold's Chicken, 100 West 87th Street. Give them a call, 773-224-3314. If you're having a hunger attack and you see a vending machine next to you, check the logo on there and see if it says healthy natural vending. If it does, that's a family-owned business. They've been in business for over eight years, and the product in that machine is fresh. If you're a business person looking for your own vending machines, give Angelo a call at Healthy Natural Vending. He'll bring your vending machines over and keep the product in your machine fresh. Also for business persons, Angelo guarantees the highest commission in the industry. So give Angelo a call at 773-407-2908. That's 773-407-2908. Or just visit him at the website at www.healthysnacksil.com. That's www.healthysnacksil.com.
Talent show with Royce and Alright man, where is he at? Where is he at? I hear that doggone music, on, so man. he got to be close. What's up, Cliff? There you go, there you go. What's happening, man? Some of my things, so I start talking. But listen, we got a guest this week. I want to uh, relinquish the uh, microphone to her and let her tell you who she is and what she is, and we're going to talk some more after that, fellas. All right. Hey there, Cliff. How are you? All right. That's Royce Glam and Donald Blair, and you're on the Royce Glam and Donald Blair show. Okay. Hi, guys. How are you doing? All right. Fine. How are you doing, Miss Nash? <laughs> I'm very good. Well, my name is Phyllis Nash, and I am a senior VP uh, of sales and also one of the co-founders of Wakana, Wakana for Life, and that is a CBD cannabis company, first for uh, African-American-owned cannabis company in Illinois, owned and founded by four African-American women. And so we wanted to make sure that our community participated in these multiple billions of dollars that are going to be made in this industry because our people have paid the price with the war on drugs. So we wanted to make sure that you could have a way into the cannabis industry so you could benefit, help people become healthy as well as wealthy and we can leave a legacy. Do they have a brick and mortar store right now? We actually do have a brick and mortar. We're at 35th and King Drive in the uh, old Supreme Life building. Actually, our address is 411 East 35th Street. And what we do is we open up the opportunity for people to have ownership. So you can have an e-commerce site uh, where people can go to your site and purchase all over the country. The company fulfills the order. You get paid the commission 
patient, your customer is happy with a product that's going to get them some results. And we also have a micro franchise. And so we um, had our first year anniversary on 420. And we had an extraordinary first year. God really blessed us and our business. Phyllis, let me ask you, what medicinal purposes are this cannabis you're speaking of? Well, what happens is all of us have an endocannabinoid system, and the uh, cannabis CBD is the part of the plant that makes you healthy. It doesn't make you high. So when your body is out of balance, the cannabinoids or the CBD put you back in balance. We have receptors in our body for CBD, which is in our brain, our eyes, our skin, our stomach, our liver, our kidney, our brain, and so in our lungs and so these receptors are looking for CBD to put them in balance it's not looking for Lipitor Xanax or Metformin and all those other drugs that doctors are prescribing and our people are getting sicker and sicker I got two questions for you Phyllis number one is the big one Uh, what's the initial investment for a person and also what is CBD CBD is a cannibal denial, denial. Uh, okay. And so that the short of the short version is CBD. So uh-huh. again, it, it comes from the cannabis plant. It's the part of the plant that can get you healthy. And to get it started in, in uh, Wakana and have your own um, micro dispensary and your own 24-hour e-commerce site, it is less than a thousand dollars. And if you need to do that in payments, you can also have that option. We wanted to have something that was available and affordable for most people. Now that's the highest you can come in. There are other options to getting started also. Is there a contact number we can reach uh, the company at? You can reach at 312-217-4688. Say it one more time, baby. 312-217-4688. Okay. Phyllis, thank you very much. And once again, trying to serve our community. I want you all to get a chance to know Phyllis. I've known her for quite a few years. And it's going to be a very successful company. And we got to learn to support one another. Okay, I want to cut you off now, Phyllis, because it looks something I want to talk about before we go off the air. But once again, I want to say totally thank you. Yeah, thanks, thank Phyllis, for coming okay. on the show. Hey, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, once again, that was Miss Phyllis Nash, and she's with Wakana for Life. And it's about that herb, y'all. <laughs> what, what's up, Cliff? Hey, man, listen. Willie Wilson just left my house. Just gave me 2,000 masks. Oh, man. <laughs> now, you know, I'm selling masks, okay? But it ain't got nothing to do with me helping my people. So right now, I got 2,000 masks that Willie Wilson just gave me. So I think I'm going to be at 63rd at Daily's Restaurant Saturday morning passing them out. These masks I'm going to be giving out are going to be free. Okay? So I'm not trying to give them to no politicians. I ain't trying to give them to nobody but Leroy and Henry Jones them and A.T. and Grandma and them. I'm not radio show host because Royce over here waving his hands, man. Say it again, say it again, sir. I said, how about radio show host because Royce over here waving his hands. I want mine in black. <laughs> well, listen, once again, I know for a fact that I'm going to send the 
I'm going to be at Gaines Restaurant on 63rd, Cotty Grove. Then Sunday, I'm going to be at Hard County Restaurant sitting right out front, passing them out. And I can say, anybody that wants them, just come on, and I'm going to give them all out to the all gone. And I got a feeling he's going to give me some more, because I'm going to get such a big response from this. But once again, in case you all forgot, I have a non-profit organization that I took my last dime to put together. It's called the National Betterment Association, NBA. And it's all about serving our children and taking care of our seniors. So this is just a part of what I'm doing, man. God got me. I don't need nothing. And peace and love and happiness to y'all. The same to you, Cliff. And we'll talk to you next week, man. Okay. And listen, I'm going to try to get Willie Wilson on next week. All right. Okay. All and, right. Then, and then after that, I'm going to see if I can get Michael Jordan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then, you, then you'll be worth it. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. All right. Later, man. No more back thinking. Time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war, and poverty. Oh, wake up all the teachers, time to teach a new way. Harvey, Chicago, a future vision entertainment station.
Now, hey, now, this virus, uh-huh. I heard, was way before this March, in March. Yeah. So when did this vi- virus actually start? Well, what they're saying now, Royce, is that it was back in November or December that it was in China. Okay. And it left China and went to Europe. And then from Europe, it came to United States and then into Illinois and New York and uh, around, you know, into the right. United States. Right. right. But had we acted when we should have acted with the assistance or with the direction of a real president, an elected president, then the death toll wouldn't be what it is. I'm going to tell you these numbers one more time. Then I got this strange you would ask what happened and when I got the chronological the in order of events time of events okay. to where they where it proves to you that Trump coming out in March talking about he acted and in time and all that is another lie that he told but right now worldwide there are 5,168,667 cases of the virus and of that you have 332,959 deaths when you come to the United States you have 1,616,652 cases 96,145 of those cases are deceased. They died. They're dead. They're no longer here. And the number that I just told you may have been in half or a quarter, even just whatever number of people that would have survived had he acted when he should have acted, as opposed to waiting until March, covering his ego and his butt and stuff. Maybe we wouldn't have a million six hundred thousand. Maybe we would only have half of that or, or something. But this is a long clip. I want you to listen to it. It gives you the timeline of the chain of events. It's a chronology of what went on into the, in this world. It's just what happened with this virus. President Trump has been trying to rewrite the timeline on his coronavirus response. I think our whole group has been spectacular. So here are the facts. In 2014, the Obama-Biden administration put together the Global Health Security Unit within the White House National Security Council. We have to put in place an infrastructure, not just here at home, but globally, that allows us to see it quickly, 
isolate it quickly, respond to it quickly. They also assembled a 69-page pandemic response playbook. Now, in 2018, President Trump fired the Global Health Security Unit. I'm a business person. I don't like having thousands of people around when you don't need them. He also declined to renew CDC epidemic prevention funding, causing it to downsize in 39 countries, including China. Now, reporting from ABC suggests that intelligence officials were warning about this new disease emerging from China as early as November 2019. Nobody would have ever thought a thing like this could have happened. The administration has disputed that, but we know that at least as early as January 3rd, the White House National Security Council was briefed. In January, before Germany had a single case of the coronavirus, they began working on a test. January 8th, the CDC issued its first warning. On January 9th, the World Health Organization issued its first warning. And that night, President Trump held a rally. And America's future has never, ever looked brighter. On January 10th, the World Health Organization issued a comprehensive package of technical guidance with advice to all countries for how to detect, test, and manage potential cases. January 18th. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar tried to have an urgent phone call with the president about the crisis. The president reportedly cut him off to berate him about his efforts to ban flavored vaping products. President Trump then hung up and went golfing. January 19th, President Trump went golfing again. January 20th, this was the first confirmed case of the coronavirus in the U.S. It was also the first confirmed case of the coronavirus in South Korea. The response of the two countries could not be more different. Within the first two weeks of that case, South Korea had implemented nationwide testing. Perhaps that's why, as of the beginning of May 2020, South Korea has fewer than 250 deaths, while the United States has had over 65,000. Given the difference in population size, you would expect the U.S. to have a death rate six times that of South Korea. Instead, it is over 250 times that of South Korea. On January 22nd, asked whether he was worried, President Trump said, No, we're not at all, and uh, we're, we have it totally under control. It's one person coming in from China, and we have it under control. It's uh, going to be just fine. On January 23rd, China shut down all of Wuhan. The World Health Organization held an international news conference, and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer called for a public health emergency. President Trump did not declare it. On January 24th, President Trump tweeted, China has been working hard to contain the coronavirus. The United States greatly appreciates their efforts and transparency. It will all work out well. On January 27th, Joe Biden wrote an op-ed warning that President Trump was failing to take this crisis seriously and needed to take more immediate action. On January 28th, Elizabeth Warren released her coronavirus plan. That night, President Trump held another rally. On January 29th, President Trump's trade advisor, Peter Navarro, sent a urgent White House memo warning of the risk of the virus. Only then was a task force formed. January 30th, China locked down all of Hubei province. The World Health Organization declared a global health emergency. That night, President Trump held a rally. February 1st, Trump goes golfing. February 2nd, only then did a partial travel restriction on China go into effect. Well, we pretty much shut it down, coming in from China. 39 countries had travel restrictions on China earlier or at the same time, and many had much more comprehensive restrictions. 
At least 430,000 people arrived in the U.S. from China since January 1st. This included nearly 40,000 in the two months after President Trump's travel restrictions. While he claims that they saved thousands of lives, Dr. Jennifer Nuzzo, an epidemiologist at Johns Hopkins, says, quote, we have not seen any evidence that shows that the travel restrictions stopped or slowed down transmission of the virus. February 3rd, the World Health Organization released a strategic preparedness and response plan. February 5th, Secretary Azar requested $4 billion to fight the virus. This led to a shouting match in the White House. February 6th, the World Health Organization began distributing a quarter million tests around the world. The U.S. didn't want any. We'd produce our own. Around that time, the CDC produced a total of 90 tests, which turned out to be faulty. February 10th, President Trump proposed a budget that would cut CDC funding by 16%. That day, he said, The virus. They're working hard. Looks like by April, you know, in theory, when it gets a little warmer, it miraculously goes away. I hope that's true. February 15th, President Trump went golfing. February 19th, he held another rally. February 20th, he held another rally. February 23rd, Peter Navarro sounded another alarm within the White House, warning of the increasing probability of a full-blown COVID-19 pandemic. Only the next day does President Trump finally ask Congress for additional funding. But that same day, he tweeted, the coronavirus is very much under control in the USA. Stock market starting to look very good to me. On February 26th, you treat this like a flu because of all we've done, the risk to the American people remains very low. We think that in almost all cases, they're, the better we're getting, we have a total of 15. There were more than 15 cases that day, there were 60. And now there are 1.1 million. February 27th. It's going to disappear one day, it's like a miracle, it will disappear. February 28th. Now the Democrats are politicizing the coronavirus, you know that, right? coronavirus. And this is a new hoax. The very next day was the first U.S. Washington state declared a state of emergency. March 4th, he did an interview with Fox News where he suggested that it might be okay to go to work with the coronavirus. You know, we have thousands or hundreds of thousands of people that get better just by, you know, sitting around and even going to work. Some of them go to work. But they get better. March 5th, California and Maryland declared states of emergency. March 6th, Kentucky and Utah declared states of emergency. He went to visit the CDC wearing a campaign hat and said, Anybody right now and yesterday, anybody that needs a test gets a test. We, they're there. They have the test. It wasn't true then. In May, still not true. March 7th, New York declares a state of emergency and President Trump goes golfing. March 8th, he golfed again. March 9th, he compared coronavirus to the flu in a tweet and suggested it would go away on its own. March 10th, it will go away, just stay calm, it will go away. On March 11th, the World Health Organization said it was not just a global health emergency, it was a pandemic. WHO has been assessing this outbreak around the clock and we're deeply concerned both by the alarming level and severity and by the alarming levels of inaction. COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. Only on March 13th does President Trump finally declare a national emergency. On March 16th, in a call with governors, 
he tells them respirators ventilators all of the equipment try getting it yourself on march 17th he finally admitted this is a pandemic and he told reporters i've always known this is a this is a real this is a pandemic. I felt it was a pandemic long before it was called a pandemic. All you had to do is look at other countries. This is only days after he was still comparing it to the flu. On March 26th, President Trump delivered on his America First promise in a way no one could have wanted, as the U.S. overtook the entire rest of the world in cases of coronavirus. As of the beginning of May, the U.S. has 1.1 million cases of the coronavirus and has suffered over 65,000 deaths. Analysis of data from the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation suggests that 90% of the U.S. deaths could have been prevented if the president had issued physical distancing guidelines even two weeks earlier, when he had already been warned of the threat for months. With all of that, it's been an incredible period of time. We've done a fantastic job.
Yeah, you know who that was, Granny. Oh, oh, yeah. Hey, Roy. <laughs> I said, Granny, I can't talk long now because me and Willie, we just checking in a room. We in Vegas. So I just want to call and say hello, but me, we, me and Willie getting ready to go take care of some business. I said, oh, okay then. So have a nice trip. I, well, you know I am. It's going to be real nice. So what you say, tell, tell Dylan, Curtis, <laughs> I said hello. I said, I will, Granny. Do she not know uh-huh. that Las Vegas is shut down? Hey, they're open. <laughs> when did they open? Now. You can get a room now. They're open. Yeah. yeah. They're back the open. casinos open? No, the casinos are not open. Just the rooms. That's all she rooms. wanted to do anyway was her and Willie going Go to lay the room. Down. Take, they got some business to take. Go care. lay down. Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Royce, we're at your favorite part of the yeah. show. Must be that pop thing. That is it, a pop quiz, man. Yeah. This first young man, he's a male vocalist, and he was born in this month, in 1933. I can't even tell you why I'm laughing. I'll tell you in a minute. But he passed in December on the 25th, which is Christmas Day in 2006. Male vocalist, born in 1933 and died on Christmas Day in 2006. I take that one. You, 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 you want to make that one so easy. Why would you make that so easy right after popcorn? <laughs> I just thought that's what I was Fastest laughing at. Fastest in the world. <laughs> Mr. James Brown. Yeah, you got that one right. <laughs> All right, this is another male vocalist. Uh, I almost said his name. Uh-oh. <laughs> he was born in the second month of 1945, and he passed in the, this month. Of 1981, male vocalist. I think I'll take that one. Um, I'm just glad one of you going to take it. Well, you know, <laughs> can we think for a minute? You, you, no, because it, it looked like you're throwing paper under well, the table. I'm not doing anything. Okay, go ahead. Who is it? Uh, Mr. Bob Marley. You got that one right. Bob Marley. I thought that was uh, Okay. Bob. Now we're coming over here, and we're going to have a female vocalist. She was born in December 1953, and she passed in this month on the 10th of this month of this year. Mm-hmm. And a very sexy voice, Miss Betty Wright. You got that oh. wrong. It was Bessie Regina Norris. Wrong. That's that's, That's her known name. government name, but she's <laughs> known her stage name. <laughs> Betty Wright. Okay. Yeah, you all got that right. This young man, he, he was born in the 12th month of 1932, and he passed this month of this year. Did he play piano? He played a little piano. Yeah, I'll go give you that much. Was it little something? He was little, little, little somebody, wasn't it? Wasn't it little somebody? Um, little, 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 little Richard. Wrong again. 
Richard Wayne Penderman. So that was his real name. <laughs> well, yeah, it was Little Richard. Man. All right, this this young man, he was a producer and a rapper and other things, too. And he was born in 1960 in the ninth month, and he passed in this month of this year. And he became the president of Motown after Barry Gordy. Oh, yeah. Yes, he did. Uh-huh. Uh, when Barry Gordy sold Motown, he became the president, Andre Harrell. All right. Got well, that one minute. right. Now, who's supposed to be giving the pop quiz and he asking you, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> D. Curtis Randall has a plethora <laughs> of trivia information to pass on to the audience. <laughs> anyway, we did pop quiz because those people were entertainers for real. Whatever they claimed they did, they had to come out on stage and actually do it. If they were vocalists, they had to come out and sing. If they were dancers, they had to dance. If they were poets, they had to come out and rhyme something. If they were musicians, they had to actually play an instrument. Not like today, synthesizers, yo mama, make it rain, spinning rims, and calling women bees and stuff. What those people did is what the Royce Glamour Show would like to see all entertainers do. And what is that, Royce? Keep your talent alive. They just love to learn and another child grows up to be somebody you just love to burn. Mom loves the both of them. You see it's in the blood. Both kids are good and mom. Blood's thicker than the mud. It's a family affair.
turning your love away Even though I know it's belong to another man Oh baby You know when you look at my eyes Yeah I'm gonna say these words Girl you're welcome Stop on by You know I'll be here baby To dry your eyes To dry your eyes But I'm getting tired portion of the Royce Glamour Talent Show with Royce and Donald is brought to you by Yeah, Tony Blair the sign daddy is here with printing is cheap so you don't despair one stop shop for your printing needs copy banners to obituaries open seven days a week come stop in Tony Blair the sign daddy for the win Located in Bronzeville, we are the best. Tony Blair, the sign daddy, different from the rest. Give us a call today. 
312-789-4888. Even offering same-day service. That's 312 312- All right, Tony Blair, this is Royce. Don't forget to watch the Royce Glamour Talent TV show on cable channel 19, May 23rd. That's this Saturday. Three shows in a row. 12 noon, 1 p.m., 2 p.m., singers, poets, rap, dancers, and some of the finest models in the city of Chicago. And if you have talent, give us a call at 773 773- Seven three four two seven three nine, the number one cleaners in the whole city, as blast cleaners and laundry mat. They located at seventy three twenty and seventy three twenty two. Get your pen and write that down. Seventy three twenty and seventy three twenty two South on Vincennes. So if you want your clothes clean right, put them in your car, kick them in your car, put them in the trunk, and take them over to blast. Hey, right now, somebody knocking at the door. I hear it. I hear it. That's a Harold. Hey, Donald, you got to take it over. Harold's is at the door. I'm coming. I'm coming. Hi, my name is Opal Staples. And I'm Angel Gray. And we love Harold's Chicken on 87th Street. That's 87th and the Dan Ryan, to be more exact. In normal times, if you're on the Dan Ryan Expressway and you exit at 87th Street, if you turn left or you turn right, they got you in one bite. But now with the virus... What they want you to do is exit at 87th Street and turn to the west and go to 100 West 87th Street to Harold's Chicken there. They want you to call in advance, 773-224-3314, so you can come to the door, pick the chicken up, and go. It's Harold's Chicken. Call them in advance, 100 West 87th Street store, 773-224-3314. If you're having a hunger attack and you see a vending machine, Next to you, check the logo on there and see if it says Healthy Natural Vending. If it does, that's a family-owned business. They've been in business for over eight years, and the product in that machine is fresh. If you're a business person looking for your own vending machines, give Angelo a call at Healthy Natural Vending. He'll bring your vending machines over and keep the product in your machines fresh. Also, for business persons, Angelo guarantees the highest commission in the industry. So give Angelo a call at Healthy Natural Vending at 773-407-2908. That's 773-407-2908. So just visit them at the website at www.healthysnacksil.com. That's www.healthysnacksil.com. Now, usually I don't do this, but uh, go ahead on, break them off with a little previews of the remix. Now, I'm not trying to be rude, but hey, pretty girl, I'm feeling you. The way you do the things you do reminds me of my Lexus cool. That's why I'm all up in your grill, trying to get you to a hotel. You must be a football coach, the way you got me playing the field. So, baby, give me that, and let me get that. Running her hands through my fro, bouncing on 24. Why they saying I'm ready, Hot and fresh out the kitchen Mama ruling that body Got every man in here wishing Sipping on coke and rum I'm like, so what, I'm drunk It's the freaking weekend, baby I'm about to have me some fun Bounce, 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 bounce Bounce, 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 bounce 
Lace like murder, she rolled. Once I get you out them clothes, privacy's on the door. But still they can hear screaming mo. Girl, I'm feeling what you're feeling. No more hoping and wishing. I'm about to take my key and stick it in the ignition. So give me that. Let me get you that. Running her hands through my fro, bouncing on 24. Why they say I'm ready? It's the remix to ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen. Mama ruling that body, got every man in here wishing. Sipping on coke and rum, I'm like the water, I'm drunk. It's the freaking weekend, baby, I'm about to have me some fun. Crystal popping in the stretch navigator. We got food everywhere, as if the party was catered. We got fellas to my left. Honey's on my right. We bring them both together. We got juking all night. Then after the show, it's the after party. Yeah. After the party, it's the hotel lobby. Yeah. Around about four, you gotta clear the lobby. Yeah. Didn't take it to your room and somebody. Can I get a? Can I get a? Running her hands through my fro. Bouncing on 24. Come on, why they saying I'm ready? Hot and fresh out the kitchen. Mama ruling that body. Got every man in here wishing. Sipping on coke and rum. I'm like so what? I'm drunk. It's the freaking weekend, baby. I'm about to have some fun. Come on, mix to ignition. Hot and fresh out the kitchen. Mama ruling that body. Got every man in here wishing. Sipping on coke and rum. I'm like so what? I'm drunk. It's the freaking weekend, baby. I'm about to have some fun. I just can't think of what it is. Girl, please let me stick my key in your ignition bay, so I can get this thing started and get rolling, babe. See, I'll be doing about 80 on your freeway. Girl, I won't stop until I drive you crazy. So buckle up, 'cause this can get bumpy, babe. Now hit the lights and check out all my functions, babe. Girl, back that thing up so I can wax it, baby. Honey, we gon' mess around and get a ticket, babe. 'Cause we off up in this Jeep, we fogging up the windows. We got the radio up, we all up in the back. We got this shit bouncing, we going up and down, and we smoking and we drinking just a thug in it. I jump up, down once I hit them switches, babe. And I'm about to take it where you wanna go, babe. Guarantee you, I'm about to get some mileage, babe. And it won't be no running out of gas, babe. It's like ooh, pull over, babe. And let me put this love and I'll fill your trunk, babe. So buckle up 'cause this can get bumpy, babe. Look at me, I'm in 
But I got to play this song. I got to play this song. I'm in love. You I was, was thinking about that love. girl. I had forgot her name, but I remembered it now. But go ahead. You was getting ready to say something because I know you want to no. know her name and all that stuff. But go no, ahead. No, not quite because we, <laughs> we got to go ease back a step. <laughs> what's, what's her name, Royce? <laughs> <laughs> I can't anyway, because we run out of time. I, I gotta give this guy in the White House a little credit here, because he discovered something. Uh-huh. He discovered that the less you test the citizens of the United States, mm-hmm. the less cases of the coronavirus we'll have. Right. So if you don't test nobody, the virus is gone to him, I guess, or something, because he said that testing is just trouble. The more you test, the more people that you got yeah. with the virus. Right. Just now, wasn't that, some, wasn't that something for the leader of the free world to say? <laughs> right. is, man, I just don't know. Anyway, I'm going to tell you these numbers, then we're going to listen to this clip and be, play some music, man. One more time. In the world, or on the planet, there are 5,168,667 people mm-hmm. with the virus, and of those, 332,959 have passed. And then you come to the United States, 
and you have 1,617,655 dead. 96,178 of those have died. Mm -hmm. Here in Illinois, you have 102,686 people with the virus, and of those, 4,607 have died. Now, that should tell you enough right there, numbers like that. There's no cure for it, no vaccine. All we got is state of distance, six feet social distance, and try and contain this thing some kind of way. Because what the idiot said is not the way to do it. Less testing. You won't discover as many if you don't test as many. Just use social distancing. Listen to this. We'll be back. Okay. Despite America not having the largest population in the world, right, we know that, we do have more COVID cases than anywhere else. This is bad, period, except in the mind of one man, the guy who thinks magic pills and disappearing viruses are real. When we have a lot of cases, I don't look at that as a bad thing. I look at that as, in a certain respect, as being a good thing because it means our testing is much better. So if we were testing a million people instead of 14 million people, we would have far fewer cases, right? So I view it as a badge of honor. Really, it's a badge of honor. First of all, for a badge of honor, he would have wanted to test sooner. But let's take his number. The president says we've done 14 million tests. The COVID tracking project puts it at about 12 million. But let's give it to Trump. Assume uh, 14. Still, the math that matters here is how many tests you do per capita, per person. Why? Because... If you don't do it per population, you're not going to know how much penetration you're getting into that society. It's not about the raw number of tests. So the real metric is that we've done about one test for every 28. That, no, we've done 28 tests for every 1,000 of us. 28 tests per 1,000 people. OK, so if that's the metric, an aggregation of data from last week shows that more than 30 countries rank higher than we do in per capita testing. That's apples to apples. Now, a few takeaways on why. We suck on this all-important metric because we started late after the virus started to spread in communities. Remember, Trump did not make testing a priority. He was too busy calling COVID a hoax, blaming it on Democrats and telling us all it would go away after a dozen cases. Also, almost every other country, and this probably matters most, at least to me, you tell me your thoughts. Almost every other country that has shown progress here has made testing and tracing their organized reopening. Because, you know, facts, you know, for some magical thinking isn't enough. But I will repeat the part that you have to remember here. Our president doesn't like testing or tracing or masks for basically one bad reason. They may make people less pumped to reopen recklessly. This is the only, there's one thing I want you to hear from him tonight. And it says everything. You need to know. When you test, you have a case. When you test, you find something is wrong with people. When you test, you find a case. You find out something is wrong with people. Finding out who is sick and who is not is not wrong. It is information that helps us make decisions that are right. Again, please remember this. This is your brain on Trump. When you test, you have a case. 
When you test, you find something is wrong with people. That's all you need to know about how he thinks about this. More cases? Wrong. Wearing mask? No. Taking pill? That even state news admits may kill someone like him? That's the right thing to do.
This is L.J. Reynolds, and you're listening to Royce. Well, hi, this is Royce Glamour. Hey, I hope you had a ball with us through the travel of the show. Hey, I remember I was thinking when I was a little boy, they used, uh, my parents used to say, my mother, mostly my mother, that you don't forget to say your prayer. You didn't forget to say your prayers, Dixie. Uh-uh. Now you better say your prayers all through the day. Hey, Royce Glamour next week. Have a happy and very safe and prosperous Memorial Day holiday. Remember those who went on before you. Just remember them as you go on through your weekend. And make sure you be safe and uh, social distance because the life you save just might be mine. Peace be unto you. King James Version of the Bible, John chapter 13, verse 33, 34, and 35. Until next Thursday at 3 o'clock. See you. Listening to the Worst Glamour Show with Worst Glamour and Donald Blair on SD Radio, a future vision entertainment station. The following program is brokered programming, and the contents therein are the responsibility of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of Dusty Radio, Future Vision Entertainment, its sponsors, and advertisers. Oh,